0: Hello! My name is Hayley Morris and this is Conversation Time. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I am joined by a wonderful friend of mine, Leah Hatsakis, and I am probably completely butchering her name, so I'm really sorry, Leah. I am absolutely useless. She is a gorgeous human being inside and out and one of the hardest working people I know. And she's just got this incredible business mind that I just really, really wish I had. And just one of those people that she oozes positivity and I just feel like she's always laughing and just always very happy. And she's just absolutely, thriving online and has worked so hard to get to where she is today and not only is she doing her own thing online and doing it really well she's also one half of the youtube duo joel and leah so i'm really happy that she took time out of her very busy schedule to talk to me today if you don't know who leah is you can find her on instagram at Leah Hats L-I-A-H-A-T-Z. And you can also find her on YouTube with her full name. Again, I'm probably going to completely butcher her surname, Leah Hatzakis, and that is spelled H-A-T-Z-A-K-I-S. And I would highly recommend following her on both of those platforms because she is just such a joy to watch. Without any more of an introduction, here is the conversation time with Leah. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you?
1: I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show. It's
1: really nice to be here and I'm just so I'm glad you're doing this. It's just it's just great. How do you feel about it?
0: Oh, I love it. Like I I kind of wanted to do it for so long and then it, something's always got in the way every single time, but now I'm doing it. I'm like, yeah, this feels yeah, good. I like this.
1: Good. Oh, nice.
0: When was the last time I saw you?
1: I think it was when I lived at my old flat which was in like Hammersmith Way, and you came all the way from the Isle of Wight, and then we filmed, and the sound was ru- like, the sound was corrupt. It was shocking, basically. And then you went all the way back, and we were just devastated about that collab that just failed.
0: Oh, was that when we went for dinner at Wagamama?
1: Yeah, yeah. Good times. <laughs> it's over a year, over a year ago now.
0: That's mad. I feel like so much has changed since then as well, like especially with you.
1: I, I guess so. I, it's weird, but. It's weird that you say that because I just feel like I'm just plodding along in life, doing same, same, not making any big moves. But then when I kind of look back, I'm like, actually, you no, know, I'm doing, doing all right, actually.
0: That's so funny you say that, though, because from the outside, it looks like, I think whenever you're in it, you don't realise how much you're doing. But from the outside, you look like you've done so much and like you've moved out of London. You've obviously, I think last time I saw you, you were slightly uploading on your personal channel, but you're so much more on it now and like your music and everything like that it just feels like you've made so many leaps
1: oh thanks mate it's true i mean i think with the personal channel so for any of your listeners who are thinking what what are we talking about here i'm someone who's only ever really been part of a duo on youtube so joel and leah is my main job it's my main main everything and then joel and i both decided let's start some personal channels and just upload on there so that we can sort of future proof our brand a little bit and just be able to exist outside of this duo and it was not like a from a place of uh we hate each other or anything like bad there was no (laughs) divorce papers or anything like that it was simply just let's just give it a go and I don't know. And and that has been a really good move for both of us that like we're both sort of creating content on there as well as maintaining our main our main channel together. So that was a huge thing, actually. Thanks, mate.
0: Oh, no worries. I feel like it's so good that you've done it as well, because as much as you're amazing together, you both are so unique and you have so many different talents that now you've got your own channels. You can kind of showcase stuff that you're passionate about separate to each other. And, yeah, it's really nice to see it. It's good to see that you've both kind of followed that route and... Thrived in it, I guess.
1: oh yeah, no, definitely. Because at the beginning, I just thought like, oh no, it's it's just gonna be like I'll talk about makeup and you'll talk about things that you like, or <laughs> I'll talk about clothes. But actually, you're right. There's been I've been able to like reintroduce a bit of music onto my channel and reintroduce, I guess, other people. Because it be it's weird when you bring other people onto the Joel and Leah channel because it's like we're a friendship duo, so if I've got a friend outside of this duo, it's like, why would I vlog with them on the Joel and Leah channel? It just didn't really work Mm. for the story. No, I think
0: it's awesome. And it's like, you get to see like vulnerable parts of each of you as well, because when you are the both of you, I guess um, you're focused on like a subject. Whereas when you're on your own, you both can be a little bit more vulnerable and open up about your personal lives and things like that, which I think is just really nice to see as someone who really likes watching vlogs and stuff. I feel like it's a really nice thing to watch like a kind of voyeurism
1: yeah that's you know you know what it's like as soon as you open up a bit about your personal life for some reason engagement and views and just everything seems to go up people really love real people if that mm. i don't know i just and i think that we can all be very scared of that too as soon as you open up about anything truly personal that you've never really wanted to share before there's always I feel like a huge support network out there online obviously you are going to get a bit of criticism for it as well there's always going to be that but uh, yeah I have noticed like a huge amount of I don't know would you call it like investment from the from an audience like your viewers investing more in you and caring more in a way yeah I
0: think that is a a kind of I guess as soon as you do open up your life then yeah people do kind of feel it's almost like they feel like you're your friends with them and you know they can be there for every part of your life rather than just watching you talking about you know just different things like subjects with you and joel Mm.
1: and i'm really interested in that i'm really interested in channels that just have a niche and a theme and they just stick to that and they don't sort of veer off into any aspects of their personal life and they're just very kind of on brand for what they do and then channels that are just an open book personality led channels and how the response differs between the audiences do you know what I mean I just I find all that really fascinating
0: no me as well and I feel like for you I guess you've got both of those with the Joel and Leah page and then with your personal one you can kind of see how people react different on each channel Mm,
1: yeah for sure I think a real turning point for that was when do you remember in Paris a few years ago where Joel and I got sent on the job and then I got robbed in the hotel lobby of all my stuff
0: that wasn't even that long ago as in like I think I saw it on my time hop the other day that it was right a couple of years ago like maybe a few weeks ago
1: yeah I just that was yeah that's crazy that you saw that that's hilarious. It, <laughs> it feels like ages ago now but it was one of those turning points on YouTube where I felt the real power of YouTube and the power of The audience and their support and their investment in the channel and us as people, you see these numbers just like ticking along, but you don't actually think anybody cares or is really listening or really watching, especially when you have audiences in different countries. Joel and I have a large American audience and, you know, never really get stopped on the street, you know, never, never get noticed or acknowledged for being a YouTuber, just sort of live this sort of secret life online and then when that happened it was like this overwhelming amount of support and I you know I did that like donation page made all the money back and was able to like rebuy all my equipment again so yeah that was one of those moments where you're like wow the, the numbers are real people
0: and that's so nice as well that when that happened everyone reached out for you it does just like you're saying it makes you suddenly realize that yeah it's not just numbers it's human beings behind it that absolutely want the best for you which is so so lovely because it just makes you feel like you've got a whole belief system behind you that everyone's supporting you on and you know they'll always have your back and I always feel find like the whole because it was almost like overnight success with you and Joel on that channel it was like you found this niche that worked and it was like the whole universe and everything was like yes this is exactly what you're meant to do and yeah just worked really well
1: I know, it's so weird isn't it because like for years and years and years and years just on YouTube just just uploading a bit of anything really we didn't really have any theme it was just us two just chatting away about whatever and then suddenly all these videos to do with accents and dialect started having liftoff and we were like all right okay let's do some more accents so we did some more accents and then that started to grow and then we did some more like American-y versus britishy britishy e <laughs> um, comparisons and then they started to continue to have liftoff and we were like okay well we'll just do what the algorithm tells us to then we'll just stick with this and that's kind of how it happened but yeah i guess it it in some ways it kind of was a little bit of an overnight success but at the same time like it would never have happened if we hadn't put all of those trials in before just try it yeah try it fail try it fail try it fail but never once did we say we're trying different things to see what works we just we're just doing YouTube for fun just because we like yeah which is yeah
0: and I feel like because you were doing it for fun and it was always like oh you're just sort of seeing what works and everything how how did it feel when you guys appeared on the creator on the rise page was that like a big moment for you
1: yeah I remember I think Joel texted me in the morning being like OMG OMG we are on the YouTube homepage!" and I was like in my head, I was like, "Who goes on the homepage? Like what?" <laughs> and then I saw it, and I was like, "Oh wow! We we're on. We're the creator on the rise." Like I think we had forty-five thousand followers at the time, around forty-five. And then we started getting emails from people about representation, and somebody had said, "Like I saw you on the creator on the rise page," and we were like, "People look at this page? Like what?" <laughs> That was weird, Um, but yeah, it felt felt really nice to be acknowledged by the platform that you've given so much to.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I remember seeing you guys on it and I was like, oh my god, it's happening. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, it's so cool and I feel like you've both done so well from being on YouTube and I guess you've kind of been able to explore other avenues and like what's the plan for you guys for the future? Have you got like a a plan or is it just kind of take it as it comes?
1: Do you know what? We're quite we're not that good in terms of sitting down and sort of mapping out the future. I, I don't think Joel and I are very good at that, but it's definitely something we should sort of sit down and be like, okay, where's all this going? What is the plan? I mean, don't get me wrong. We have, we do have some future plans, but like this all kind of like immediate future, like, um, sort of like a digital product that we're thinking about. And I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but um, just, you know, oh my God, that was so youtuber like big announcement, guys, big <laughs> announcement. You know, just we're trying to think about um, things like, what's that word? Diversifying, diversifying yeah. our revenue, because obviously you don't really want to do sponsorships forever. And mm. I, I think it's a shame to build up such a huge... Um, Audience and like really loyal, really really engaged audience. It doesn't have to be huge. Just say you've got a thousand really 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 loyal subscribers or viewers, and they absolutely would sort of, you know, it sounds horrible saying it, but buy anything you put out. Yeah, like say you had a thousand super loyal's. Um, it feels a bit dead as a YouTuber to then be a billboard for other brands. Do you know what I mean? Just like you've built up this huge audience, quarter of a million followers. Oh, yeah, here's a sponsorship for a product. Even if you believe in it, but you're just constantly every other month doing a sponsorship. I just think it's a bit dead. Um, so I really respect YouTubers that release their own, say, digital products or um, whether it's an app, a game or just something that's theirs that they've created I guess merchandise is is similar but that's sort of like a a one-time thing it's not ever going to be a true truly passive income do you know what I mean yeah so I guess we do have talks about releasing a product that we'd be really proud of that we've got our name to and not to do sponsorships for sort of one-time money one-time money is that a thing what am I saying
0: that works (laughs) you
1: know what I mean (laughs) I, I think so that's something that's in like our immediate future plan but In terms of long term, we haven't really sat, sat down to map out the next however many years really.
0: I guess when you do start sitting down and mapping out the future it kind of you almost feel like you're putting too much pressure on yourself sometimes Um, and it's also it's really refreshing to hear you talk about the sponsorships in that way because there are so many people online that I know there's a guy on Instagram I follow well not anymore but he every (laughs) single post honestly every post you put up was an ad and I was like oh my god go away (laughs) like just constant and I thought well he was a friend of an influencer who just kind of you know, as a byproduct became an influencer. And yeah, every single post he put up, you were like, okay, you're probably making like a $1,000 off that. And then the next one, you're probably making a couple of thousand. And it was all he did. And it was kind of, you know, when you you see it and you just think it's so not what I want to see. And I feel like you're just doing it for the money and it doesn't feel authentic and Mm. it just feels wrong.
1: Yeah. And it's a really hard, balance isn't it because they're going I need to live and I need to survive and this person's offering me this much money to do this sponsorship post this picture do this thing in my youtube video but I've spent x amount of years building a following on being myself and you know making people smile or laugh and it just feels a bit uh, even if you truly truly believe in the product and the brand like luckily I feel like mine and joel's sponsorships are never sell out brands you know what i mean like we've worked with brands like squarespace skillshare the, the usual kind of the youtube brands that people work with and we're like yeah we do believe in these brands and they're really great but it would be amazing one day to not have to rely on promoting other people's products for money because you know what it it's just, just just be nice <laughs>
0: so yeah
1: i realize that that's a very um that's a really privileged position to be in to be like i no longer want to do brand deals because at the moment we absolutely still really need to be doing brand deals but that's one of our goals to just um sell something that we're really proud of that's that we've made no I think
0: that would be awesome and I think as well like you do have to pay the bills at the end of the day and if it's a brand that you believe in then yeah absolutely I think there's no shame in doing them I think they're great I think the only thing is sometimes people if you're doing them every single day that's when people start to think this isn't right but you guys don't do it one every single day and I think you know you're always going to come across authentic because you both kind of live and breathe being authentic which is really really nice and refreshing to see on social media
1: thanks mate That's
0: nice.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just think also when you do think long term, and your question was about long term, um, Mm -mm. brand deals aren't long term. It's, it's a thing you get once, unless you get a brand that says we'd love to do one inclusion a month for a year. Then you go, okay, I've got that's a year's worth of income. And do I believe in this brand? You know, you ask yourself all those questions. But if you create something yourself and sell it, like a course, something valuable, something that people really enjoy or need. And then it could be passive for a very long time, and I'm constantly having anxiety about, you know, the lifespan of influencers, the lifespan of being a YouTuber. How long will this last? How can I future-proof myself? Um, I ask myself these questions all the time, and even though I don't sort of go, okay, today I'm going to like try and action that, it just I feel like in my subconscious things I'm setting up things that are trying to future-proof everything I mean
0: I think you're doing it the best way you can then I think you know you've always got to think that way to make sure that you're supported which is you know all you can do but like being on social media and having that as your career has it made anything in your life feel like do you feel any more anxiety being more on social media or is it all just kind of you look at it just from a business point if that makes sense
1: Has there been any sort of more anxiety than what there would have been, like, say, without?
0: Yeah, so, like, as just, uh, I guess, like, an average Joe on Instagram, just using it for, you know, just as a social media platform. Does it feel any different? (laughs)
1: Yeah. This is going to sound so like, this is going to sound like such a dead answer, but you know when someone tags you like in a challenge where they're like, post a picture of yourself in black and white and you're like, I really don't want to do that to my feed. (laughs) I know that sounds awful, (laughs) doesn't it? It's like when, um, just like challenges go around and you're like, I just don't want to participate in that, hun, because, sorry, and it's so precious, isn't it? You're like, I don't want to do that to my feed. Not like my feed's perfect, just, you know, it's a bit... It is what it is but um i just feel like when i see my cousins or friends posting just like you know just like pics from home that pics that you know you put on your feed that would get absolutely no engagement from your followers or or provide anything to them that they're they want to see you just don't post what you th- sometimes you don't post what you want to post because you're aware yeah. that your feed is not for that um but i don't feel like it sort of made me any more anxious. I guess I do sometimes think about the the DM police, and they're the people that police you and your DMs for everything you do. And me and Joel sometimes joke about them. Like one time, Joel got told off for walking around his own flat barefoot. <laughs> and like, and, um, sometimes I get like uh, DM abuse for my boyfriend always like not really wearing many clothes because he's really comfortable just taking. He wears his boxers and he just doesn't wear much else. He just walks around the flat in his boxes and he's really comfortable that way he lives this way and in the background of my vlogs I don't really care but people seem to really care and I just find that strange I
0: do find that really weird I don't understand why people have to have such a say on what you're doing it's so, it's really strange that they suddenly think oh well because she's put that on social media it means that I get to have my opinion and share it with her <laughs> like no just leave it to yourself hun yeah
1: i think it goes back to like what we said earlier about where a really engaged audience do feel like your friend like they feel like they've befriended you and that's amazing to have that connection with people but then you know like how a friend just wouldn't say like you look awful in that (laughs) yeah sort of go against that sort of friendship that we've built by just saying really savage things um so someone commented recently being like this is the worst 16 minutes of my life Leah your vlog was awful can't believe I just watched that or oh something along those lines and and I think I replied something really kind I just said oh you know well thanks for the 16 minutes anyway I really appreciate that sorry this one wasn't for you <laughs> and then they replied saying oh my gosh so sorry so I'm so sorry I, I just wanted they said something like I just said it to get your attention or something like that I've still got I didn't delete the comments thought it was quite entertaining and um I don't know I just find it odd really
0: that is so weird I don't get it though it's it's like they do it and then they've seen you've read it and they're like oh no she's noticed me now I have to be like apologizing for the fact that I made a really horrible comment yeah
1: I mean yeah I I will never really understand people that have such strong opinions on your life you know people online's choices on life I just think I only watch people for entertainment really or for like learning so I I just wouldn't comment on something like I just wouldn't comment any hate on anything. I I don't really get that. I'm I'm really interested into um the mindset of an online troll or or not even a troll, just someone that just picks people apart but they're not really trolling. They just say things that just get on your
0: nerves. Yeah, it's really really strange. But I feel like you guys have always been really, really good at responding to hate comments. And I mean, I don't know if it does ever really get to you, but from your videos and stuff, when you respond to the hate comments, they're always so funny. And I've always felt like you've just kind of, you know, been confident enough in yourself to just brush it off and be like, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, whatever. I mean, I mean, to be honest, you've got to think about it this way as well. We've got a fairly small audience compared to some people that have just got huge platforms and they get true true hate like you know they get sort of death threats and uh, people know where you live and all that sort and i don't want to like throw shade on the fact that those are really serious issues because they are but when we've got an audience of our size saying like uh, you shit <laughs> i'm just i just find it funny i just <laughs> like they're like um i think i replied to one of them once i'd had two glasses of wine and i just replied like suck my fat dick and uh, I just replied and I and then I screenshot it and I was like I should probably shouldn't do this because they're gonna read that and I quickly like delete them but sometimes I just reply what I want to reply rather than being kind There's yeah
0: <laughs> I think it's important to do that you know just be like yeah fuck it I don't care you can see what I actually want to say and that's just me <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> no but I think that's the really nice thing about you is like you kind of you're very comfortable who you are and you kind of don't you don't second guess yourself you just you're very authentically you and very happy to just you know be you online which so many people don't do that so many people hide every part of themselves and you're just you're just you which is really nice
1: that's great because that's great to hear thank you because I think sometimes when I watch really entertaining people I just I sometimes go into that mind frame of going I'm just not really good enough for this I'm just I'm a mediocre YouTuber and I get into that mind frame of being like I'm not really enough for this but it's nice when you go oh you know it's just you and you're just doing that and that's great and you own it because sometimes that just being that is enough to actually um grow and go and go further with things I don't know if you ever get that where you go I'm just not I'm just not whatever this platform wants.
0: Yeah, I I think that all the time, but I find it so baffling that you think that about yourself because I don't think anyone would think that at all. I think everyone would be like, no, Leah's killing it. She's doing so well. So it's so, it's like almost refreshing to hear that, you know, I, I guess like everyone feels that way about themselves. They always think they're not good enough and always kind of feel like they should be doing more, but in fact, everyone enjoys them as they are.
1: That's nice. Oh yeah. I reckon everyone must feel that. If you don't feel that, then what the hell? Like yeah. what? I, I Severe confidence. Yeah. I, I sometimes watch like just YouTube channels that are like you find someone and they're doing like a really funny sewing tutorial and they're really amazing at sewing, but then they're also hilarious and their commentary and their voiceover. And I'm just like, wow, that is amazing. And they've got this skill and they're doing something just really great. And I'm like, wow, I would much rather watch this than w- like, I don't watch any of my own vlogs back. I find it bizarre when people say like, I oh, just watch my own vlogs back. I'm like, they get edited <laughs> and that's it. Never want to see them again. But I yeah. <laughs> don't know. Um, yeah, I think everyone I think, feels it.
0: Yeah, and I think most people won't watch their own videos. I mean, I guess some people do, but it's so cringy watching yourself back, especially if it's, even from like a week ago, you're like, oh, as if I did that, I'm so cringe, or stuff you've said, and you're like, oh.
1: I know, I, I wonder if it's a British thing, if we're just like, oh, cringing me out, stop.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're so uncomfortable in ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I like picked myself apart the other day because I saw um from the side... a video like the i was filming from the side and i was making a cup of tea my posture hayley it was so bad i know i know this is a first world problem to have bad posture but my gosh i was like whoa girl you got hunchback and i was like this is so bad like and then cue like 45 minutes later i'm like doing yoga on youtube like trying to undo this hunchback <laughs> that i've got like trying to undo this spine issue i've diagnosed myself with a kyphotic spine i need to do foam roller every day and <laughs> you know what i mean You're seeing yourself online you just you make up loads of shit about yourself that it's not even a big deal and you just go oh my god i'm, I'm not good enough
0: yeah well, it's when you're staring at yourself when you're editing, you you have to look at yourself to make sure that, you know, you're in focus and stuff like this. So then you just start, like for me, I always stare at my teeth and I'm like, they look really crooked and really yellow. I'm like, I really need to phone the dentist. And then I look, I like every single part of me, I'm like, no, not good enough. Right, really need to not do that next time. And I'm like, oh my God, just let yourself be free. God. And do you know what?
1: Also, we just as like a little counter argument to that we're already Mm. really far along in our journey of accepting and dealing with just sort of seeing yourself on camera because there's loads of people out there who cannot even bear to talk to their camera like you know they're trying to start up a business or they've got something going on but they're still uncomfortable with just sort of doing an Instagram story talking to camera and when you sort of step back and go oh my gosh actually I'm doing all right actually because I don't mind picking up the camera and talking to it and Saying this and saying that. Some people aren't even at that stage yet. So we're at that stage, but then we're like also very self critical. But we're one step further. (laughs)
0: then yeah absolutely I never even think about that because I guess we are all on our own journeys and you kind of have to realize that yeah you are further ahead than when you started but you're always I think we're always going to be self-critical because it's just human nature and I guess in a way it's a good thing because it's a way to improve yourself but at the same time it's a curse because you're just never going to be happy with what you look like or anything like that
1: for sure like there's always gonna be something you pick yourself apart for like I haven't got a neck but that's okay like it's okay <laughs> do you know what I mean like, what
0: do you mean you haven't got a neck
1: like legit if you if I look at footage of myself and like my head finishes and then my shoulders begin like there's no neck and <laughs> I, I've come to terms with that. I've accepted it. I've written it down in my like, little book where I'm like, I do not have a neck. That is okay. But um, it's just, there's just no neck. Um, That's fine. That's, like, it's just
0: that's the weirdest thing.
1: I just don't have one, mate. Like,
0: I mean, you definitely do have one, but I mean, <laughs> sure.
1: Okay. I mean, you know what? Sometimes I'll just sort of like lie down on the floor and I'll just imagine that my neck's growing but not do anything not move but i'll just go imagine your neck is growing
0: i mean whatever (laughs) works and
1: then sometimes i'll stand up and go i think i just gained like a millimeter of neck
0: you'll be like yeah score (laughs) get out the roller (laughs)
1: yeah get out the foam roller
0: wait so do you have a a book that you write like affirmations in
1: yeah i've got my book that goes on my bedside table I just write my sort of things I'm grateful for and then I also what I've been doing is future affirmations as well so you write something down that hasn't happened yet but you must know about that where you sort of say like yeah it feels really amazing to be able to you know help my mum financially or something like that that I'm not there yet but one day that will be real. And I've written it down as if it's real right now.
0: So like almost um, script manifesting. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah,
0: I do that all the time. But do you, I feel like some things that I've done have actually come to fruition and happened. But do you feel like that helped your channel with um, Joel and Leah or with your own channel? Do you feel like you were doing and practicing stuff like that before it kind of happened for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember... Going away, so when I went travelling and I went to Indonesia for a bit, this was when Joel and Leah had not not even reached... 10k yeah i think that was yeah so mm. we always had this we always had this joke for years and years and years like 10k by crimbo 10k by crimbo for years and years, we just all we wanted was joel and leah to be at 10k by crimbo and it never happened it was just like another christmas has gone by we're still not at 10k we're at eight or something like that anyway i was in china i was in uh, indonesia i also went to china after that but um when i was there we hit 10K and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And we'd made uh, we'd made a little bit of money on YouTube, but nothing significant. And mm. then when I was there, I sort of had this sort of moment where I was like, Joel and Leah is going to replace all of my day jobs. Joel and Leah channel has made a bit of money. So therefore it can make way more money because it's made a bit. If it's made a bit, it means it can make a lot and that is going to replace all of my income and Joel's income and then probably within a year within a year yeah actually within like 6 months I left all my jobs
0: that's incredible
1: which was mental like and Joel because it was it became enough for like one of us to go full time but we as in one of us to leave our jobs but we both carried on working until it was enough for both of us to fully leave our jobs and not mm. need that need the day job money anymore and it did, it, it happened. We we I came back from Indonesia, we had this meeting and I was like, we are making this our cash job. Like this is all gonna be all our money from this business. And we just sort of put on this like business mind. It was so great that we did that. And um, yeah, I haven't really done that same sort of manifestation for my personal channel at all. I haven't really sat down and gone like, this is going to be, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but it's, I guess, you know that you can do it is the thing. Like knowing that that's, that's such a success of manifesta- man- wow, manifestation. I feel so many people don't quite believe in it and kind of think it is very like, you know, la dar and whatever. But I mean, that is 100% proof that it works. And it's proof that going forward, you could do it again for your own channel and maybe have different goals with it and still pull through with it. For
1: sure. Like it it definitely works because even if you just say it to yourself and constantly like, um, I know people say it helps to like write it down and voice it. But if you just sort of make the promise to yourself that it will, all of your little small actions lead to that. And, like, it's almost like tunnel vision of nothing but that. Like, we would never, ever miss an upload or not film or, or let let the other one slack. Neither of us wanted to slack. We both just really wanted to do it. And um, I just think that, that was a pretty, like, insane time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Because we were just both, <laughs> like, giving it everything. And what's interesting is the amount of effort that you put in when you're also balancing other stuff when i remember when i used to work for um, a guy who had a smoothie bike company and i used to clean the bikes and stuff and i'd take the bikes to the events and the bikes would power this smoothie and it was all messy it was great it was great fun but i was just you know after 500 smoothie shifts you're fucking bored out of your mind of smoothies i can't even look at a smoothie anyway so the smoothie bikes would would give me um, 50 quid a shift And I'd go there for like the five hours, 10 quid an hour. And I'd I'd come back and I'd be like, that's just eating five hours of my day. I'm going to do loads of Joel and Leah work now and editing because they've stolen five hours of my time. So I was like battling against all these other obstacles that were just paying me cash. But I was like, oh, they're eating into my time to make my dreams a reality. And um, that was the most productive time of my life, I think. Like when I was truly against the clock. I work really well under like pressure. No, that's
0: so, it's so like interesting to hear that whole journey and how it kind of came about. But I do feel like you're both very, I don't know, like last time I saw you, I remember we were talking about maybe my channel and um, you are both really good at encouraging other people and trying to get other people their goals as well, which I feel is such a good trait in you both is you're just, you know, you're neither of you kind of have a grudge against anyone that wants to do the same thing as them or wants to, you know, really succeed in something. You're kind of like a cheerleader for all your friends, which I just think is so lovely. And it's just like, it's just a really nice way to be as a human. Like you just, you don't see anyone as like competition. You see, you know, you know, there's enough kind of good to go around. There's
1: more than enough to go around. I think you've got to believe in complete abundance there's so many eyes out there just because like however many thousand of those eyes are watching that channel doesn't mean there's not like a zillion other eyes that could be watching your channel or the same eyes Do you know what I mean like there's just so much opportunity to be had and I think everyone who wants it should go get it I think especially with you like when we chatted to you and we were chatting about all sorts and we we're chatting about strategy and niche and this and that I think because we Joel and I were both like, oh, my gosh, if anyone deserves it, whatever it is in life, it's Hayley. Like, she fucking Aww. deserves it. So, you know, there are certain people I sort of cheer for more than others. <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, some people are fucking assholes. I'm not cheering for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity. And it's the people that don't believe that there's enough to go around that don't... um. I don't know, that just sort of go around with a bit of a chip on their shoulder.
0: Yeah, there's plenty of those people around.
1: Yeah, and it's just like, there's there's just so many viewers out there. I subscribe to so many channels. I give so many channels my attention. Like, there's mo- yeah. so do loads of people. Um, yeah, it's interesting, actually. I wondered why, so it's a bit off topic, but you know how when you go on TikTok or when you used to go on TikTok a year ago and it would always be the same content that's presented to you? I felt yeah. like personally that was because there was so much, um, not enough supply, but too much demand. Like everyone's eyes were on it, but there wasn't enough content being generated. And now it's gone into a bit of a different place where there's so much content on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, but on YouTube, uh, actually, I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe just, okay, maybe ignore that. <laughs> Sorry.
0: I mean, no, TikTok, I, I, I get what you're saying with TikTok. Yeah. Um... Uh, out of interest as well what do you what are your views on TikTok? Oh
1: gosh I don't even Haley I've come off it because I just if I go on it, it's a really long chunk out of my day on it. I am mm. I can sit on it for a really long time so I haven't opened the app for about a month and um something I started doing on YouTube was just using tick using songs that I'd sung. Uh, just like a little chorus 20 seconds underneath my end card so you know when you're on the end screen and they can click for yeah. the next video or click here click there I just put it as the sound underneath the end card and people were like oh I love the little music you put underneath your end card and I was like great because I don't want to pay for epidemic sounds sorry I'd just rather make my own so I just um Epidemic Sounds by the way for any of your viewers is royalty free music that you can get for your YouTube channel and you just pay a subscription per year to have access to these like beats and stuff anyway so I didn't want to pay all that subscription money lol it's only like 100 quid a year (laughs) but I just didn't want to pay it and I was like I'll just record my own songs on my guitar stick it underneath uh, the end card so I did and then people were like I really like that so I thought I'd stick these little songs I recorded on TikTok and I have Um, but I don't get that much I don't get that much fun out of TikTok because I feel like it's more of, it works better as a comedy platform, not really a singing platform. Um, so I've stopped going on it and I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered for you. But I, I do know that, that it's very lucrative and there's so much opportunity on there. And I, there's talks about it being removed, uh, banned from the US and it's already banned in India, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I, um, I really just, I don't know. I don't know where I stand with TikTok. And I'm like you, when I'm on it, I'm on there for a really long time because you just you're just constantly seeing new people and you just kinda of get sucked into it. Um but I also went down a rabbit hole of conspiracy theories on there and I was like, this just isn't healthy anymore. I was like, I just I don't know. When I first went on there I loved all the comedy stuff and like, I kind of always thought when I was watching it, if this had been around, I guess, before Vine or, you know, when we both kind of got onto YouTube and were doing comedy stuff, we probably would have thrived and loved it. But now I just I'd watch it and you know occasionally upload stuff on there but yeah it's um a very weird platform and the fact that it's getting banned everywhere just makes me wonder like what's going on I guess behind the scenes it's funny isn't it that we can just
1: be like oh it's just a little fun platform for dancing and comedy and but there's (laughs) this dark stuff apparently going on behind the scenes it's all to do with say money or power and different countries that sort of online war with each other i don't know i just find that with what we create online all we want to do is put out a positive message and we just want to you know brighten someone's day in some way and share things that are hopefully positive and when all of that's going on behind something that's meant to be positive it just ruins it and mm. you're just like oh, i don't want to be part of that so I don't even know if I'll open the app again. I just, it's on my phone. People are saying delete it. I don't know. Uh,
0: it's weird, isn't it? I deleted it just because of the conspiracy theory stuff. I was like, it's probably not good to see all this stuff and conspiracy theories that, you know, the, the world's doing. And I was like, I don't want to read all this and see people talking about it. So
1: if I were to go on your account now, would it exist or is it gone?
0: I've not deleted my account. I am blocked on one of my accounts, but... Um... <laughs> I know by TikTok right okay um and that's that's no that's only because when they you know when it was musically and they rebranded to TikTok I was um meant to do a sponsorship with them and I never went through with it um for personal reasons and then they just blocked me from my account great wow,
1: <laughs> wow. wonderful just shows but they didn't how, they didn't pay me or anything shows how uh, <laughs> how much they look after their creators jeez Um, I know it was pretty
0: pretty bad bad. (laughs)
1: um what the other thing that is I guess a bit worrying is that these platforms can just go can't they you know they can come and they can go and I feel like we are all sitting here in our safety net in the corner of YouTube being like our platform's not going anywhere (laughs) but (laughs) we don't know that for sure we don't know if these I know it's American owned but we just don't know and I feel like that's something I do think about as well in terms of future-proofing my presence my online everything because I think some someone out there might have been like a Gary V thing someone out there was said all of these platforms you're on um, Facebook YouTube Twitter any landing page that your audience find you on that is like rented accommodation it's never yours it's just where you yeah you sort of rent your space there but if you have like a core audience and they're on a mailing list and you've got a website and you've got their data that you're storing safely and you're contacting your uh, viewers and your supporters by email. And do you know what I mean? If they're engaged with you on that level, then that's more like your own home, like your website's your home. It's not rented accommodation. You own that space, you own that domain. And it's just something I'm also thinking about with just everything that's going on.
0: That's so interesting. Like really like a what a way to phrase it that it's rented accommodation i'd never think of it that way but it is like look at all the viners that got kicked out of their accommodation and then they were like firing around trying to get onto youtube i mean they did make it most of them they're all on youtube now but i guess for them exactly what everyone i guess on that in that industry is thinking and worried about happened to them And they were kind of forced to be like, oh my God, I can't just go and work an everyday job now because, you know, I'm a Viner. I have to, I have to still be on the internet.
1: Yeah. I mean, that must be a hard dynamic if they've got a ton of followers on an app, like say TikTok, say they've got over a Five hundred thousand, and they're a bit of a big deal on TikTok. I don't know what what sort of numbers make you big on TikTok. I feel like the threshold. I feel like the currency is so much higher. Do you know what I mean? I feel mm. like fifty thousand on TikTok is not quite the same as fifty thousand on YouTube. Do you feel the same? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like TikTokers also acknowledge that, and it's rate it's um, reflected in their rates too that they charge per post and per i follow influencer pay gap i'm absolutely obsessed with that instagram page so i always look at when people share their rates anonymously for what they're getting and what their audience size is and their engagement etc um but yeah i always find that the um the notion of your platform being taken away from you can make you feel like homeless and then maybe you've got to get an a what inverted commas a normal person job and you've got to go and do something that's not online and not digital and that must be a real hit to people's kind of pride ego I don't know it just must be quite I don't know I've not I've not experienced that so I won't know until I'm knocked off YouTube and then I just have to go and work work one of my old jobs again
0: no I don't think you ever will have to I think for you like you've got your acting, you've got your singing, you've got your comedy, like I feel like you've got so many other things that's more than just your online world that even if YouTube was to disappear, you'd have, you know, another area to go into, if that makes sense.
1: I'd love to go into say consulting or you know, I know everyone says that. Like, oh I'd love to consult other businesses on their online presence and all of that, but or just I'd love to go into that side of things if if it didn't work out for me as a creator. And yeah, I, I guess there's got to be something basically. You've got you to sell your skills. If you, if you get deplatformed, sell your skills and don't just give up your time for the hourly rate. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's really important to do stuff like that. And it's, I mean, you can, you can build that massively. If you went into consulting, you could even just go into you know opening your own management or anything like that. Because there's, when you know everything from your side you got like a whole wealth of knowledge
1: yeah it's true I actually in lockdown did a little bit of um a bit of that it was it was just through someone I know who basically they're at their work they're launching a separate brand and they needed advice and help on working with influencers so I did a bit of uh consulting work which went really well got a little testimonial and that was great because I've done I've done that before as well um through google and that was really fun but i never thought like it could be a thing until i got contacted in lockdown and i was like yeah i'll definitely do that like here's my rates um, so yeah <laughs> it was just, that's great you, you're right there's there's when we know what we know from this side of things there is definitely opportunity and you you assume that people know these things but i basically on this call gave them the lowdown of working with influencers. And I feel like I was there spreading the positive message that we will not work for free kind of thing. It was a really nice position to be in because I was like, okay, you're a brand new, you're a brand and they're a food brand. They're gonna be coming into into Sainsbury soon and so on. And like, it was just really interesting to give them this knowledge that they cannot really expect people to just promote it for free. And I just gave them the absolute lowdown. It was really good. But
0: how mad is it that so many brands think it's okay to work? Uh, well, just send products to people and then do all that work for free. I find it absolutely nuts.
1: Yeah, I know. And, and I feel like as well, the lingo that's used around that is um, what's most important. So for instance, I gave them this example. Um, a brand sends me something and they just do they just send it with no expectation and it says, hey Leah, just thought you'd enjoy these goodies, like hope your lockdown's going okay, much love, the brand name kind of thing and they've handwritten a little note and it's come to my door, how lovely. It's very likely that I'll we'll share that on stories because they've not emailed me being like, hello, we're about to send you this, it's gifted, in exchange for this, we would like one grid post, three stories, <laughs> a swipe up. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And I and I sort of, sort of explained to them like, of course sometimes people will do things for free but it's usually um, and I can say from experience when it is not expected of them to do it for free and I understand that that's a risk for you as a brand because why would you want to send people stuff with absolutely no guarantee that they're gonna post and sometimes they won't but the majority of times if, if you're sending someone something that's targeted that they're that they it that their followers are interested in could be interested in and you send a really nice, lovely note. It's likely that they might just do you a little story, or a little boomerang, or a little something, something that could help your brand. Um, and I just sort of went through everything because it's such a it's such a different vibe when people tell you what to do for no money. Yeah. Like every influencer, creator, whatever you want to call them that I've ever met does not like to be told what to do. They just
0: don't. Well I mean it's like you work you're your own business and you don't want someone above you being like, well, you need to do this and this has to be done, but like, this is why you're you are self-employed, because you want to be the boss of yourself and be able to be like, right, well this is what I'm setting for myself and I'll complete this in this. And when it's I I like I know a lot of people probably think badly of influencers being like, well I expect money in return for something. But it's 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 a job at the end of the day and when you work for a company if your company is told to advertise something or you know something along those lines you are being paid because that's how how it works like a business transaction works that way and so i don't know what the difference is between a business and an influencer it it shouldn't make a difference because you're still putting in valuable time and you know your your time is worth money mm
1: really good point and also they wouldn't carry on doing influencer marketing if it didn't work it does work and also on some campaigns you get to see your results you get to see how many um or how many purchases that people made through your perhaps your discount link or your code do you know what i mean so it absolutely does work i've had some incredible success on joel and Lear campaigns where we could not believe how many people bought said product whether it was a um a subscription to like a language learning course or a beauty brand that we worked with before like we were just like blown away so we were like of course we can well what happened was they come back again and say hey we'd love to do another one with you and we're like wow it must have really worked and their return on investment was so great that they were like yeah it's worth our money to do this again and it, it, it's a bit eye-opening really it does work otherwise they wouldn't keep contacting influencers to do it so they you know what i mean if it's targeted yeah then they should just pay
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah Money, man. I feel like money is just one of those things that is such a taboo for some people. For me, I love talking about money because I just think, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to have a good attitude about money. Otherwise, money's always going to be like a scarcity for you. But if you've got a positive attitude about money, then you're always going to find money in some way flows to you a lot easier. And I feel like people are so scared to talk about money.
1: I've no issue talking about money. In fact started thinking about making money videos just an like absolute breakdown of my earnings for, for anyone who might be interested it's something that's crossed my mind because i made a video called what i spend in a week um as a 26 year old oh my gosh i'm now 27 but i made it like, I know. as a 26 year old <laughs> what i spend in a week it's just mostly like a lockdown kind of version it was mostly groceries a little bit of like how much i spend on rent and so on and what's interesting is A few people found it useful, but what was really interesting, from like a very selfish point of view, is that the CPM on that video was so high because it was about money. So I realized that my cost per so CPM for any of your viewers who are not not familiar with that, it's cost per thousand views. And so, how much money I made on ads for that video was significantly higher than what my other videos are. I think it got a CPM of like twenty dollars, and I was like, "What on earth? This is mad." So yeah, might be making some more money videos, mate, just to bank a bit more for myself. why not hopefully help other people
0: I feel like I watch um is it Patricia Bright I can't remember her her name yeah and she always talks about money and like how to make more and she's very like I guess businessy on YouTube and I watch so many people talking about money because it's something that I guess as human beings we're all fascinated by because we're all I guess we're all always chasing for money and we all want to know how to make more money and live more comfortably so when we see people talking about money that we know are doing better than us or maybe we know are making a lot of money we're really interested but like well how much are you making and how do you make that much money and how can i take tips from you and i think yeah make make as many videos as you can on how to make money because and like what you're making because you'll make money from it anyway
1: yeah that's what i think and also it's like again what you said about like viewers and um and sharing any knowledge or cheering for other people because just because someone's made money doesn't mean there's not a load more money for someone else to go and make it's not like there's a cap on how much money there is available on youtube or on in life like if i've made 10 grand doing something there's no reason why someone else can't go and do exactly the same it doesn't take away anything from my 10 grand do you know what i mean just yeah like, just tell people how to do it so i'm i'm looking at more into that And I thought, hmm, this could be a good little avenue. But I I don't know, going back to the chat about personal channels earlier, I just don't know if I'm ready to like dip into a niche and create another job for myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Really enjoying not having a niche on my Leah channel because as soon as you create a niche and you create an audience that are interested in that niche, you have to deliver that said content to that audience that care about that niche. So I love that I don't have a niche. I could just vlog anything and stick it on that channel.
0: Yeah. I guess that's the nice thing about having a personal channel that doesn't have anything, you know, the niche over it. Cause it just means you've got so much more freedom to do exactly what you want to do without the pressure. I think, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it?
1: I don't know what I'll do with that channel, mate. I think like, I'll just continue to post videos that I want to post. If in, if I still feel the same in a year, or oh, actually, six months. If I still feel the same about the channel in six months and I'm just happy with how it's going, just posting what I'm posting, then I'll carry on. If I'm desperate for a niche by that point and I'm like, do you know what? I just really want to give myself another earner, like another channel that's going to make me coin, then I will. But mm. at the moment, like, I just feel like I'm very content. Like, I've got one channel that's got a heavy niche, and there's no, I um, have no issue telling anyone that that is making me money and I, I, li- hmm. I live off that's my money that's great that pays for my lifestyle I'm really happy with the lifestyle I have yeah of course it could be better but I'm so blessed to have the lifestyle I do have so content with that and then I've got this channel that's just like a personality-led channel where I can post whatever I want like I don't really have any qualms with that
0: no I think it's the best balance to have like you know you've got I guess the one channel that is your main job and then you've got the other channel where you can just relax and do as you want oh
1: my gosh hilarious in conclusion, guys, I'm just really happy with my life right now. <laughs> this is like... Guys, do you know what? My life's actually perfect. Oh, I'm amazing. God, how awful. <laughs>
0: no but there's no shame there's literally no shame in saying you're happy with your life I feel like more people need to be okay with being like do you know what I've got a really good life right now I'm so happy with everything I've accomplished and where I'm going because I think we've all just like had it drilled into us that we have to feel shame and think oh no I can't tell anyone that I'm doing really well for myself and I'm really happy with how I'm doing because other people are going to get upset or think that I'm really stuck up like no you know live that truth be happy with it shout it from the rooftops i'm
1: really happy right now my relationship's good my life's good <laughs> yeah
0: i do oh. oh no honestly i'm actually so happy that you've got like this life right now and especially with your relationship and your yeah Thank you. career and personal life's great
1: yeah i mean not i'm just going to say it well i mean, i, I know what you and um is it izzy is it izzy on one of your podcasts uh earlier imi imi sorry imi yeah. sorry sorry imi <laughs> you know you guys spoke a lot about the fact that you can't nest well pre-covid you have to live in london for anything for any job for any anything and um it's really interesting hearing that conversation because i was like best thing i ever did was leaving london and now look at the position we're in now everyone's working from home doing whatever they you know what i mean doing whatever they do in london but from home and it's a real freeing time when you think about it because i thought my life was over when i left london i was like great well i've settled with someone who doesn't have a london-based job i'm freelance so i can get the train into london when i need to be but essentially my life's over um but now feel feel fine about it
0: and you're by the sea
1: by the sea yeah it makes a huge difference as you know just being near water being near and also like so close to like South Downs. It's just so nice. Nature's great, guys. I love nature.
0: Oh, I love it. No, it is. I think it is like a breath of fresh air, literally, coming out of London. Because you just, I feel like you can just relax a little bit more on yourself. I don't know. I feel like when I was in London, and even though I wasn't even there that long, I was so like my Back just felt stiff constantly because I was always like, Right, I need to be doing this, I need to be doing that. I have to be like seen to be doing so much more than I'm doing because it's like a horrible rat race there. But I mean, there's definitely good things in London, but I think career wise, I've always just felt like I'm in this really weird rat race. When
1: you were in London or just in forever?
0: In London, but I guess forever as well. But (laughs)
1: yeah, yeah. Life. Um, How are you feeling now that you're. Uh, you know at home and not in america like you're
0: right? i absolutely adore america and i feel like it's always felt more like home than the uk for me so obviously it is gutting being back however i'm actually really enjoying being in the uk right now and chris and i are obviously planning to buy in the uk um but i mean in the future we would both love to find a way to move over to america permanently but it's just, you know, I think life goes up and down and in different directions for a reason. And we potentially could have had the opportunity to be permanent resident, well not permanent, but I mean, we would have had work permits in America, kind of for as long as something was happening. And um, that, that obviously, I'm like not really telling you what it is. But um, there was something that was going to happen that isn't due to COVID. Um, but I think, you know, it happened for a reason. And the door's not fully closed on it it might happen one day in the future but you know if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be we'll always go on holiday to america though
1: yeah nice oh that's good to hear yeah i totally believe that too even though at the time you sometimes don't know the reason it makes itself clear later on in life
0: yeah definitely i think yeah it always happens that way and you suddenly have that light bulb moment you're like ah that's why it didn't happen
1: yeah for sure Big believer in that, mate. We're on the same page.
0: Well, I have to say it has been such a pleasure talking to Leah today. It's just so refreshing to talk to someone who is so open about discussing things that I guess are are kind of always seen as taboo subjects. And just, I feel like we just spoke about so many things I'm so interested in. And I hope that you are as well. It was just such a joy. So I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation time today and as i said before at the beginning of this podcast if you don't already follow leah on social media i just i would highly recommend it because she's just a breath of fresh air online and just yeah wonderful to have on your feed so i hope that you're all doing really well i hope you enjoyed this conversation time and i will see you all or rather i will speak to you all next sunday for another episode just